You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. This episode will be talking about the Dead Kennedys, fresh fruit for rotting vegetables. In the room I have Anne. Hey. On the line I have Rob. Howdy, 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 howdy. Ben. Hello. John. Go crazy. And Kyle. Hi there. Fresh Fruit for Rotting Vegetables is a debut studio album by the American punk rock band Dead Kennedys, released on September 2nd, 1980 through Alternative Tentacles label. Producer was Oliver DeChicho and East Bay Ray, and the genre is hardcore punk and punk rock, and I'm going to read from the book Seth Jacobson. It is no coincidence that Dead Kennedy's debut album came out of the same year that Ronald Reagan became America's president. Reagan's brand of far-right populism tempered with born-again Christianity served as a perfect counterpose and inspiration for the band's radical political music. Dead Kennedy's initially took Inspiration from the original wave of UK punks, such as the Sex Pistols, but became disenchanted with their Antarctic posturing, so they created their own take on the movement. Fresh Fruit is an intelligent and humorous album which satirizes the bleak social landscape of the era. Holiday in Cambodia is a searing attack on the nascent yuppies, while Kill the Poor is Jonathan Swift's A a Modest Proposal set to a blistering soundtrack. And to show that his scorn was not reserved for the far right, Biafra cheerfully let rip on Democrat Jerry Brown, dubbing him a Zen fascist on California Uberalis. But as much as the Dead Kennedys were about Biafra's lyrics, the sharpness and wit of the band music set them apart from the basic three quarters of the punk scene. The doom-laden intro to Cambodia is dark sentiments while California opens like a Nuremberg rally on Venice Beach. Dead Kennedys may have ultimately lost their battle with Reagan and his forces of righteousness, but as a call to arms, not much beats this album. All right, what do we think of the Dead Kennedys, fresh fruit for rotting vegetables? We're here, guys. We're really, really here. Uh, Yeah, classic. Oh, man. Uh, Wowie zowie. This this record is just... uh, a tour de force of incredibly angry, smart, politically savvy dudes and their ability to play incredibly fast. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. I, I love it. High school been so approved. Good. Yeah, still approved. Oh, yeah. High school yeah. approved. Oh, yeah. I've been listening to this since high school pretty consistently. <laughs> <laughs> so. I, I feel like high school Ben's right. There was like a there was a strong wash that came from cooler dudes and and ladies before us 
that are like, here, you're 14, it's 1994, listen to this. And (laughs) they gave you a cassette tape and it had dead Kennedys on it and it had Black Flag on it and it had, you know, like the clash, things that you just, I don't know. I had not been exposed to prior to that point. It just wasn't on the radio. You know, you had to have some dude in a salvage army jacket hand you a cassette tape to, to, to find out. Yeah. That's how I found he out. He made it around to all the high schools in the Midwest. <laughs> yeah. Like a Johnny Appleseed just throwing out I don't out think cassettes. he really even went to school. I think he just... <laughs> Honestly, guys, I didn't pick this record up until I was living in Bloomington. And uh, it was when we were doing that Circle Jerks show, Kyle. Like I started to like round out my punk rock education. I went and... Mm-hmm bought this thing like when i was 25 <laughs> so rob you didn't uh you didn't go with us to see jello biafra uh in indianapolis in like the oh, year no. 2000 yeah I, I saw him do his spoken word where he's wearing his yeah. gown and cap at the uh what was that place called the uh oh, um, fountain, fountain room the fountain room yeah it was a fountain room he came down yeah. and uh, i didn't i hadn't seen a, a recent picture of him he was like a 300 pound man wearing a judge's robe. He looked kind of like Homer in that one episode of the Simpsons. He gave this speech and this was, you know, before, I remember it being before nine 11. Cause he was like, everybody get, oh, definitely everybody get corporate jobs and sabotage them. We're like, Whoa, yeah, dude, you know, great idea. <laughs> Halfway there guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you you old Hoosiers. Uh, does anyone else remember there's a punk band from Indianapolis in the 90s? I think they were even a Christian punk band called Blaster the Rocket Boy. Yeah, Any man, you guys that remember was, them? I was way into Blaster the Rocket Boy when I was like early teens. And I did not realize that they had aped their whole sound from Dead Kennedys, yeah. but that just made like parent friendly <laughs> lyrics. <laughs> But but like I was into the music the way it made me feel, and I was so into Blaster Rocket Boy until I yeah until the, that guy in the in the army surplus jacket handed me the cassette tape of Dead Kennedys. I had no idea that they aped their whole sound. I'm like, oh well, let's just we we should be getting this from the source, shouldn't we? <laughs> what well, like the the, the Blaster and the Rocket Boys Wait. like oh feed 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 the poor. <laughs> That's what Jesus would do, right? Franken Christ is just called Christ. Yes. <laughs> Super Christ. Yeah, who knew? He lives in Philadelphia. But now. when you got that cassette tape and you heard these guys for the first time, like that sound is not something. I mean, like surf punk, right? I mean, yeah. Has that has that been touched together before? Those two wires? Did they ever? Did they ever link up? No. No. This is not this before is 1980, in um, my opinion. It's so mm. cool it's because of great. like of, of course they're drawing from California's music, you know. Like I, I, I love like the Dead Kennedys heavy surf approach. Yeah, I think it's so cool. Their sound that's that that tone is what I live, love about them the most. Oh yeah, yep. but it's like they take yeah. all this like bratty punk stuff and they complicate it a little bit, like musically and a lot lyrically, and it's just like so much better (laughs) i think this might be the beginning of like california hardcore like no one played this fast yeah you could like before this record came out 
you could say Black Flag. I mean, they're around germs. Germs. We're we're doing this some is, stuff. This is but this is, this is yeah, faster this is, and tighter. This is articulate. <laughs> this is way tighter. It's very articulate. It is. You can hear every crazy thing that Jello is screaming at you as fast as he can. Like I can't Duke scream can that fast, but he can't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was really struck by Drug Me, a song we're listening to right now. I mean, it yeah, is yeah, a powerhouse, yeah. and it stops on a dime. And I think that is part of the, the thing that uh, sets them way apart from the other punk bands is just their ability to cut in and uh, start and stop and be. It, it just sounds so tight um, with these with this this like hardcore movement. They sound like they're practicing more than they're slamming beers. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Very thoughtful compositions for and, sure. Like mm-hmm. and they were the first of the San Francisco like second wave punk bands that actually were able to record a record that didn't suck. Like they, they didn't fuck it up. Like everyone before them though, like there's really no decent recordings from that scene uh but before this one came out. And the only reason they were able to do it in the first place was because uh who was the record company uh, over in Europe that friend them Cherry $10,000 Red Records. records this? There it is. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, that was how it was, how they were even able to like get the thing done. Like, I think they had recorded uh, an earlier version of uh, Holiday in Cambodia and an earlier version of um, uh, California Uber Alice's singles. Um, and then Cherry Red, what? was their European distributor and wanted them to come over and tour. So they found them $10,000 to record a real record. Uh, that way they would have something to tour on. So the reason why we have this awesome record is because the Brits are like, yeah, here's, here's some money. Go do a thing. They also <laughs> played for two years before they recorded this, including like touring the East coast, not very well. Cause they didn't have a record with them. Right. So like they practiced a lot. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, th- th- this is a th- this is a powerhouse of a record, like for a first record. Um, what do you mm-hmm. think of "Kill the Poor" as an opening track on a debut album? I think it is, yeah, a w- really rad statement. I also have a little bit of trivia on that one. Um, the reason why they bring up the neutron bomb in the first place was because Devo gave an interview in Slash Magazine in '78 uh, talking about how the neutron bomb it would be like, it's a clean and it gets things done uh, as a, <laughs> a, a, as a solution to, uh, to humanity. Um, <laughs> Sweet. <which is laughs> awesome. But no, like as far as like an opening statement, the yeah. opening song, you, can, you can't fuck with that. I, I, I like yeah. the opening cool. statement. I, the song kill the poor sounds so different from the rest of the album to me. Uh, that like if for it to be the first song that people might hear by the band, in my personal opinion, I wouldn't have put it as the first track. I would have maybe opened with California Uber Alice and then gotten to kill the poor maybe at the end of track one. But I'm just, I, I'd say uh, kill man. the poor is a good attention getter. That's like, true. Yeah. That's true. I feel like it's also like it starts really slow and theatrical, and so it gives Jello room to like really ham it up, and then it like like on a dime drops into that really fast stuff that they're doing through the whole album so like it kind of has both it is a yeah it's an easier opener because it's more familiar than just you know we've all thought it right 
I mean, no. <laughs> I think well, but I think Birch is right in that, like, the chorus is one that harkens back to sort of like standard rock dance songs where you're like, bam, 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 you know, dance, dance, mm-hmm. dance, dance, dance with me, kill, 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 kill the poor. Mm-hmm. So it, it pulls you in and you're like, and that's the, that's one of the draws of the Dead Kennedys is like, okay, there are parts of this that are familiar and there are parts of this that are intriguing. And by this time that you're pulled in, you're like, oh, wait a minute. This is a whole different beast, and I'm I'm learning. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it's also something that you know you would never hear on the radio. You would never hear a pop, you know, a pop band with those lyrics. Those lyrics are like "kill the poor." Oh my god, that's you know <laughs> we're a little inundated with the type of music and movies that we watch. But just imagine in 1980, just someone pulling that out of the vinyl sleeve and putting it on the record. I mean, that's, that's radical. They're not aiming at radio money. This is, <laughs> but it was the third I mean, single. Like, yeah. Like, even so, Polydor was intrigued until they found out what the follow-up single to the album was going to be. And that was too drunk to fuck. And then Polydor's like, you know what? Nah. <laughs> Hard pass. <laughs> Well, we'll put it out ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) The landlord's here to visit. They're blasting disco down below. Says I'm double in the rent because I'm building some dam. You're going to help me pass it out. Oh, we can. You know we can. Oh, we can. Uh, Jello was in, 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 I wouldn't say like news news, but like buzz news recently, because he's no longer with the Dead Kennedys. I forget when they parted ways, but it's like in the early 2000s, right? No, the, the way before. Was, the lost, like, was it? 98 yeah. was the lawsuit about Levi's jeans and holiday in Cambodia. So probably before okay. that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the Dead Kennedys official Twitter page was praising Mitt Romney. Uh, when Mitt Romney was like, like before the impeach before the impeachment, you know, like Mitt Romney, to his credit, was one of the few people on his side of the aisle that 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 was for the impeachment. But the Dead Kennedys official Twitter page was like, "All right, Mitt Romney," and Jello was just like freaking out. <laughs> yeah, for good reason. Of course he was. <laughs> Same, bro. <laughs> yeah. Wow. He bit a, had a bit of falling out with the band for sure. I mean, some of the people in the band, it's 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 hard when you know some people want to license the music, and Jello Biafra is like a very staunch. No, we're not putting this in any commercials or movies or anything like that. Well, that's where that's where it gets weird. Like, I don't think that he has an issue with licensing. I think he has an issue. Like, it, it's like. He thinks that Levi's is like running sweatshops and their labor practices yeah. well, are horrible. Are. So no, yeah. you can't use my fucking song. Yeah. Right. No, you can't use these songs. But like, uh, you know, like I think Tony Hawk Pro Skater had like one of yeah. these songs on it. Like it, it's, it's not. Oh, Guitar if, Hero 3. He's got no beef yeah, with Tony I mean, Hawk. It, it, no. He, how could you? It, that, that seems he, nice. He, just, <laughs> he, he has some scruples. Like that, that, that's about the extent of it. He like, has. I think, I think yes, it's easier to get a, <laughs> 
Yeah, standards. Who knew? Different goals than the other he band members. That, yeah. yeah. He complains that East Bay Ray is a uh, a, a Clinton liberal. In <laughs> 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 the most derogatory sense. Yeah. Because my East Bay Ray feel about that? The lawsuit is just that, like, he probably agrees. He was underpaying everyone in the band, including himself. And when he figured it out, he didn't seem to like correct that at all. So then they had to sue him to like get their money, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they. I mean, it wasn't like a huge amount, you know. It was like two hundred and thirty thousand dollars. I mean, that is a large amount, but this is two thousand two, two thousand three dollars. Well, it depends on how much you up- have, too. But yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But then he, but then he appealed the the initial ruling and lost on the appeal too. So he was definitely wrong. <laughs> like he should have paid them. According to the courts. <laughs> yeah. Well, what he would say. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but he, 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 Jello Biafra is not the dead Kennedys. The dead Kennedys are the dead Kennedys. So they, they do have a point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, the band would not be, uh, he is, he is a driving force. He's, he's like a, you know, like when we think of the sex pistols, he's Johnny Rotten or whatever, but the band actually makes, makes the dead Kennedys. All that tight music is not coming out of his mouth, right? Yeah. <laughs> his yeah. mouth compliments it. I think Jello makes some really good points, but uh, Jello Biafra, good luck having a captive audience if you don't also have the dead Kennedys with you. Like to to, I, 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 I'm sure that there's a lot of people that would happily go to a Jello Biafra spoken word concert, but not as many I'd that would as would go see dead Kennedys. Yeah. Without Jello Biafra? I would rather see uh, the Dead Candies with Jello Biafra if I'm given my druthers. I would also, see, oh, yeah. I would also though see Dead Candies without Jello, and I would also go see Jello without Dead Candies. But uh, you know, I, I think I'm a bad example here. <laughs> Did anybody uh, pick up on a song that they kind of had forgotten about, or just yes. wasn't? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, like side two, there was a couple tracks that I've just like listened to and never really thought a lot about. Like I kill children. I was like, mm, that's not great. He revealed that he wrote that song when he was like 18. Like Jello Biafra. Yeah, he didn't like it that much, right? But God told me to skin you alive is a pretty great line. <laughs> and he said it came from <laughs> well, a chick The tracks. title, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So if you're talking about all the things that like were influences at the time and then came around again for our era, like, again, same guy in the same uh, army jacket would hand you a chick track and be like, look at this crazy shit. <laughs> <laughs> that guy was Rob. Yeah. <laughs> it was me. He's, hating, you, some people, he's hating some people chick tracks and some people dead Kennedy's tapes. <laughs> no, he comes around. It's just, which week are you on? <laughs> oh, you get both. Okay, if you're still okay. at the McDonald's on the second floor. I mean, if, if you're, if you're at the Denny's past 1am, yeah. he's, he's going to be there with the, uh, you can uh, smoke with, inside there. <laughs> exactly with the Rocky Horror Picture Show uh, crowd <laughs> ill in the head I forgot that they break into like fives and tens like just sporadically yeah yeah. and that song which uh, I, I thought was awesome um, one thing I never noticed before like looking up lyrics was the uh, the hard end that's dropped in uh, Holiday in Cambodia mm-hmm. yeah I've, I've always found it really ner- noticeable but I also feel like it's from the speaker of that song as a yuppie pretending to be woke. So like, yeah. Oh yeah, d- yeah. definitely. But <laughs> there's a pretty good hard times headline about, uh, like 
karaoke performer blissfully unaware of hard N in third line of or third verse of Holiday in Cambodia. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I give Randy Newman the pass for it because he is like one of the greatest like songwriters ever. Um, and it was it just it's a yeah, I mean, I, th- I, I don't give think an Elvis Costello a pass. Uh, no, no, I don't give Elvis Costello. Patty Smith. But I don't I don't even think that like like Jello when the song's performed live anymore, like he he definitely does not keep that lyric in anymore. Like, yeah. I tried to look up if anyone had asked him about it and I couldn't find that, but I did find him talking about the N word in an article and not saying it obviously like 2014. So I think some of it's just like a evolved understanding of like what that means. Right. <laughs> so. Right. In, in 1980, he was being, ed- he was pr- probably thinking he's edgy and it, it was like a, well, he's also like, trying to demonstrate how edgy liberal people think they are and right. how connected they think they are when they are not. Right. Which is, that's a pretty good word at the time for that probably. Yeah. Right? yeah. He hated those yuppies in Colorado when he was delivering pizzas. He absolutely <laughs> could not stand these college kids. <laughs> and I can tell <laughs> that song is brutality incarnate. Yeah. Great song though. It's so brooding. It's one of the, it's a very haunting song and every time I hear it, it's just, uh, I mean, I don't know if I like to or hate to bring up the doors or something like that, but it has a very, that, uh, an edge of, uh, of sort of darkness and haunting that I think that yeah. you only pick up on that sort of a West coast, uh, vibe, uh, music. I mean, it, it's the, uh, it's the tritones yeah. that, that set the stage. Like, it's the the opening uh, opening track on Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath. Mm-hmm. <laughs> New house, like I, I I know how shitty things are now, and how it all kind of started in 1980 with Reagan coming in. I did not know how fucking crazy San Francisco and like California was like at this time, and like I never really tried to understand the lyrics to this record because I'm not much of a lyrics person normally anyways. And it's not as if Jello's like speaking, like if you aren't listening very carefully, it's just a dude yelping. <laughs> but, yeah, like, everything, everything going like on in this, like I, it, it's weird. Like it's a really weird time capsule. And I don't know if things have gotten any better, like San Francisco, like, the whole concept behind kill the poor and like let's lynch the landlord was all like it was what was happening like the uh like they were just driving out like poor renters to leave buildings open as tax havens and raising rents to astronomical like bits so no one could fucking afford there to live there unless they were like uber rich um That's what so this album is haunting because it's still super relevant and the same, and that's really upsetting in a lot of ways. Like, this album is forty years old. <laughs> oh my god, you're right, forty one. <laughs> but but here we are. The fo- the cover photo for the album cover is of the riots following the verdict of uh, the yeah. the the man the uh, intentional manslaughter verdict of, of Dan White as opposed to first degree murder for, for Harvey milk and George Moscone. And then the people had had it 
And uh, and by the end of that night, there were cop cars on fire, and that's what that picture is from. So yeah, I've never I've never seen the 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 Sean Penn Milk movie. I, I should watch it. Uh, it's, I, I learned a lot of what I knew about that whole scenario just today, going down internet rabbit holes. But I ended up by the end of the day, I was very sad and very angry <laughs> about the whole yeah, the whole situation. <laughs> You're so sad you can pronounce milk right. That's insane. Well, see, it's his last name as opposed to milk, which is what I drink. (laughs) (laughs) Super fair. (laughs) I am Governor Jerry Brown. My heart smiles and never frowns. Soon I will be president. John, do you ever bring up the Twinkie defense? Uh, I don't. Um, okay. One, because I don't do crim law, but people misunderstand the Twinkie defense. Yeah, um, can you explain it to me? I'll, here's a quick law lesson. So. Yep. In theory, in criminal law, mental states are important as to the level of severity of punishment or crime, uh, what we call the mens rea. Um, So the theory is that the mental state necessary for premeditated murder and assassination is different from being in in an agitated state of mind. So when you're in an agitated state of mind and you don't necessarily fully understand the effects or the, the, the consequences of your actions, you can't be appropriately charged with murder you can or can't appropriately be convicted of murder you can only be convicted of manslaughter which is a lesser offense um and so the theory behind the twinkie defense is not that the twinkies made him crazy and made him assassinate uh the mayor and milk but instead that the twinkies and the fact that he was ingesting twinkies were indicative of his decline into depression which then was evident because of his ingestion of the Twinkies such that it's like, Oh, okay. Am I in an altered state? What's the evidence of that altered state? That evidence of the altered state is my switching from macrobiotic foods to eating Twinkies. That's like the most meditated thing. That was, he, he (laughs) he crawled in through a window so he wouldn't have to go through the, through the metal detector. He reloaded his gun in between victims. And then, then years later, after he was already out of jail, but before he killed himself, uh, he he confessed to one of the uh, original investigators that not only did he was he was on a mission, but he had two other targets that he didn't get to. This is not manslaughter, but he was an ex-cop. Yeah. There you go. What do we think of leaving Las Vegas? Or, oh my fucking god, I love it. Leaving Las Vegas is a room. Sorry. I love that fantastic. Not leaving Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas, sorry. Do you think that it's kind I of think like it's a, a better version than Elvis's? I think it's a far Elvis. better version, yeah. It's got that biting satire and his vocal delivery of everything is so beautiful. <laughs> That I was like, I should try this at karaoke because that would be fun as hell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna practice when the plague's over. We'll see. <laughs> but it's also a nice album ender, you know. Like yeah. I, I'm a strong proponent of 
I've given you a whole album of new sounds, new thoughts, new, you know, methods of playing and new methods of delivering lyrics. And I'm going to give you a good, clean goof on the end, which is still going to convey all of those things, but it's going to, it's going to, it's going to wind you down. (laughs) It's also, it's also taking a shot at, you know, sort of a sacred cow, if you will, of, you know, Elvis. Elvis is the old thing. I'm the new, you know, he's the rotten vegetable. (laughs) Yeah. He's the rotten vegetable. This is the fresh fruit. Yeah, let's talk about the title. I was, so, I, I don't know, what I always assumed they meant was their debut album is the fresh fruit and us, the consumer, is the rotten vegetable watching TV. And that is fresh fruit for us to enjoy. Uh, what, what's your what's your guys' take? Yeah, that, that's essentially what I was thinking, too. It's It's a sort of counter of, you know, you're rotting your mind with this boring stuff that nobody actually wants. And this is something fresh and original. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with Birch there. Mm-hmm. And you, Ben. I kind of thought of it as like a trading thing, though. Not that all the people consuming this album are rotten vegetables, but that you can choose like two. There's like two pills, right? <laughs> so this is like oh, the yeah. fresh fruit pill. Or you can mm. choose to continue to like buy into all the... You could get the new Soft My Sharona single from from like the next TV neck. shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. <laughs> so. yeah. Uh, all right, I don't think we need to go around, right? Is everybody on the positive on this one? Yeah, sure. This album's so yeah. rad. Yeah, this album's uh-huh. really cool. Just love it. I it it kind of blew me away that it was 1980. I for some reason I was thinking you know 83, 84, a little bit later, but wow, it's uh, we just got you know done with some of these other these other bands like uh gang of four specials and sex pistols and are already like dead Kennedys are like right there. Um, doing the hardcore Second thing wave is here. Yeah. It's already here. <laughs> I know punk moved quick. <laughs> Jello Biafra is not the dead Kennedys, but can we just, just briefly speak about how distinct and unique his voice is? Like, oh sure. yeah. yeah, yeah. Nasal, you know, nothing, you know, nothing like Christ Gal. No, the the singer to? for Blast of the Rocket Boys a little like it, Kyle. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> do, do you know who Christ Gal compared him to? Uh, mm-hmm. Was it Fred Schneider? No. Oh, because okay. Birch was doing impersonations, and I felt like there was a lot of crossover going <laughs> yeah. on. Oh, yeah, you no, can there's, hear there's it. A lot of, but Christgau derogatorily said he sounded like Tiny Tim. Oh, oh no. that Tiny you Tim's know, so fun. <laughs> he's, got the, he's got the warble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I, I love his delivery. I think it's awesome. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. so dynamic and energetic. It is one. It is definitely one that you have to uh, be accustomed to. The first time I heard it was. Uh, I, I didn't even know what to think. It's it's so uh, sure. strange, but after a while, it it's uh, you kind of grow to love it. It's uh, interesting. Yeah, and this probably goes without saying, but uh, their their live performances from around this time, uh, Erg Music War comes up again. But they're just yeah, showstoppers. Yo, they're just you get so excited when they come on. He has those uh, green latex gloves that he always wears, and then he always is pantomiming something about you know hanging, hanging himself or yeah. driving yeah, and yeah. crashing a car. Like there's all sorts of like he's, he's acting like the fucking Riddler. Yeah, like, he's wild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's a good showman for sure. And the band is you know spec there playing a. Uh, Amazing licks. Also, the bass playing on this. I, I wanted to mention that mm. those, those oh, rolling, yeah. rolling mm. bass notes um, coming through. 
And uh, so powerful. Yeah, there's a beautiful there's a beautiful uh, guitar section too of a uh, it's almost like a country hook in a uh, uh, stealing people's mail that's just like burn to burn to burn to burn to burn to burn like <laughs> yeah what, what, wow. what's the effect on that it, it's so crunchy and cool uh, I I don't know I mean I, just, I know what part you're talking about it's it really just sounds cool, like, like a distortion staccato. pedal yeah quick uh, shout out to Dulwich Hamlet FC. Uh, <laughs> because they apparently take California Uber Alice and swap out Dolwich Hamlet for California <laughs> when they're doing their t- oh. their chant their their uh, football club chants. So okay. I want to put that out there. It, it, yeah, right. it works. Uber Alice is it's just over everything, right? right? Yeah, I mean it's it's wrong. It's completely wrong. It's like a boy in the USA use, but more power to you. So. They change almost all the lyrics was what I gathered, except for the Uber Alice. But that song, it's such a chantable song. I can, I imagine like a whole bunch of just like footballers Nazis? in a, oh. yeah, a, I was going to say fo- footballers <laughs> yeah. like in, in, in a pub, like, like just, just has that power, but well, it shouldn't be used. That's the thing we've learned across this is that you can just change the lyrics to these songs. You can make them Christian. <laughs> you can make them for a football club. You can also like I've read a lot about like the later incarnations of the Dead Kennedys like changing their own songs. Like there was one about like MP3s being bad. <laughs> MP3s get off the web instead of MTV get off oh, the no. air. Which oh, I was nice. just like, oh, agree to disagree, but like <laughs> everything's complicated, I guess. <laughs> really Didn't goes. they also re- rework uh, California Uberales uh, for the Reagan administration? Called, yeah. Like, yeah, we've got yeah. a bigger problem now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's like this the constant year. evolution yeah. of it in a certain way, which is kind of cool too, right? It's, it's adaptable. <laughs> yeah. Is anybody is is this everybody's favorite Dead Kennedys album, or is anybody yes a fan of of the other ones? Or this di- is my favorite album, but my favorite Dead Kennedy song is Chicken Farm, which is on Franken Christ. Okay, it is <laughs> I, so I, beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> Franken Christ is a cool record. I like it a lot. For most of my formative years, I had "Give Me Convenience or Give Me Death," which is a compilation. Me too. <clears throat> uh, but of uh, so, and I, honestly, I haven't heard all of their full lengths. But I think that it would be hard to top Fresh Fruit. At least Fresh Fruit has a lot of my favorite songs on it. But uh, but I hope we get more because I would love to do more deep dives. This is it. No, this is it. But all right. uh, I mean, there's a the hell with this book. <laughs> I feel like I get, I get that part. I get, I get this choice. But... I mean, they had you know, I think it was four albums, um, full length, and yeah, this one is definitely the the standout. This is the one that you think of, for sure. Cool that it's a debut, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Really neat. All right, next time we'll be talking about Peter Gabriel. Peter Gabriel, a.k.a. Melt. All right, thanks, y'all. Just a devil.